And now, get growing with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 at KSTE.com. Here is Fred Hoffman. Happy Sunday to you. Welcome to Get Growing on Talk 650 KSTE. Farmer Fred here, Fred Hoffman. UC Cooperative Extension, Lifetime Master Gardener, Garden Columnist with the Lodi News Sentinel, the guy that does all the typing at FarmerFred.com, all the ranting at the Farmer Fred Ramp blog page at Twitter.com slash tips, lots of snark. And, of course, the Get Growing with Farmer Fred Facebook page where there is always a garden dialogue going on. Baldo, quit making hand gestures. Baldo Villegas is here. Baldo, the control for your uh, headphones is down there. Follow the cord to <laughs> where it leads in. There's a little knob there, and you can turn oh, the volume. Perfect. Are you perfect. happy now? Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. You were blasting my ears. These <laughs> temperamental stars, I tell uh. you. Starring in the local row circles, of course, Baldo Villegas, Charlotte Owendike from the Sierra Foothills Rose Society. Is everybody's volume okay? I'm fine. Good, I, you Charlotte. didn't hear me complain. No, I never I hear managing. you complain. Yes, yes. You can manage. Other people, though. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we are going to be talking roses here and bugs because Baldo is a retired state entomologist. And we'll have a garden grappler question as well a little bit later on, a chance for you to win a prize or two. One of the main reasons these two are here is to talk about the Sierra Foothills Rose Society's fall show, which is going to be next Saturday, Charlotte. Oh, yes. It is... um the show is at Green Acres, like you mentioned, and uh, it's open to the public from noon to 6. Um, it, you'll actually see some activity uh, earlier in the morning because we all come in early and enter our roses between 6.30 and 10 because the, they close entries at 10. And uh, there'll be um, arrangements there. There'll be photographs that people will have entered. They take lots of pictures of the roses. And um, and then just plain lots of hundreds of roses in in their glory. And there will be a judge show, so you get to see what others consider excellent quality blooms. Uh, we talked about some of the different blooms. Right mm-hmm. now, it's a good year. Uh, the roses are really showing off this year. So um, it should be a wonderful time. Um, if you have any questions, come on down. If you're interested in looking around and deciding which kind of roses you might like for planting, um, we'll love to help you. Uh, that's one of the things we like to do is talk roses. Um, <laughs> and we should point out, though, that it, the show itself is open to the public from noon to 6. Right. Yeah, the area You're not co- making people get up at 6.30. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> if you're, a, if you're a, a dedicated exhibitor like Baldo, he usually shows up very early. I'm not that And he's dead. a no-show this year. Oh, I know That's it. He's sad. in the well, doghouse. Yeah. Everybody complained last year that I won too many trophies, so I said, <laughs> okay, I'm not going to show up I got this best year. to show last year. Yeah, but who won most trophies? You did. <laughs> but this, I got hey, it sounds show. like a typical Rose Society meeting here. <laughs> and I won <laughs> Queen, too. <laughs> All right. I think. Don't get me started. All <laughs> right. It's fun. We'd love to do that. It's just, you know, it's, that's why we're, Baldo and I are such good friends. We duke it out occasionally. And, and most Rosarians <laughs> realize that the rose is one of the most forgiving plants in nature. And oh, yeah. that's why there's a hundred different ways to grow roses. And uh, who are you to say that so-and-so is doing it wrong? Unless they're, they're failing. 
Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's amazing what I've heard on this program from various Rosarians over the years that literally made my hair fall out. <laughs> In the 80s, uh, when I when I got into the Rose Society business, uh, it was that way. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, we were spraying just about everything out there. With the word danger on the label, I'd like to point out, oh, too. Things it, like Funginex. And more than that, it was things that... Uh, <laughs> Was not recommended for homeowners. Yeah, isotox. Oh, all kinds of things. Yeah, yes. And then uh, over the years, we uh, we learned to uh, do, uh, to go to grow our roses through an IPM program, mm-hmm. that, and we used at least toxic materials. Right to the point that uh, nowadays uh, uh, we by learning how to grow roses, we don't we hardly see any any problems in our roses because. Uh, we have uh, companion plants that bring, bring in the beneficial insects. Also, we um, we learn to um, avoid uh, disease-prone roses. Uh, we th- there's a lot of uh, disease-resistant roses out there that we we recommend to the public. One of my favorite Rosarian euphemisms is shovel pruning. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. I'm already going through my garden and deciding which ones. Um, uh, which ones I'm going to shovel prune. One of the things that we do um, is uh, that we are we are asked to rate our roses. The ARS puts out a booklet that's called Selecting Roses, mm-hmm. and it has a rating system. And um, we every year they ask us, do you grow this rose, and ha- what rating would you give it? And I know I go out in my rose, and I look at it and say, do you have blo- – I actually ha- – I'm learning from Baldo, but I, I, and I've been modifying it over. I have a rating system for my, does it have black spot? Does it have mildew? Um, it, I'll make notations if I'm, it does, does it bloom a lot? So I can actually, you know, when I give a rating, I'm pretty comfortable with the rating I choose. And so um, that's a, one of the easiest guides. We all use it. Um, you know, if a rose has uh, eight or more points, it's an, it's an ounce. Sally Holmes, for example, we talked about earlier, is a fabulous rose. Um, it's rate, I think it's rated at eight or, uh, I don't, uh, eight or above. And the highest rating in the ARS categorization of roses is a nine something, yeah. maybe, at, at most. And there's a... The, the the ARS is is compiling all these. That's Judge American Roses. Rose Society, yeah. by the way. They're compiling these scores though from all across the country. So right. this is a composite score. Right. You can get over nine. Um, I see a nine point two here. <laughs> I see a nine point three for oh, yeah. um, for uh, Ginny LaJoy. Oh wow, that's yeah. a, a climbing miniature rose. Yes. Uh, that's a fantastic rose. Uh, they, I think I, the oh, highest I've ni- seen yeah. is 9.4. Yeah, I see yeah. a 9.4 here. Yeah. For what? And I can't think of it. Um, but uh, there's a miniature rose called Ginny LaJoy. Sniffer. Uh, uh, no, no, not Ginny LaJoy. Um, there's a polyanta called Orange Morsdag that has a 9.4 rating. A poly- now, what is, explain to people what a polyanthus a rose polyantha is. A polyantha rose is, um, is a... Um, is a Progenitors of uh, miniature roses. Mm, okay, uh, they've been around for a couple hundred years, and uh, they bloom. They're sh- they're small roses. Uh, they grow maybe three feet by three feet wide, uh, three feet high by three feet wide, and they they bloom in. Uh, uh, they give a, off a lot of sprays. Uh, they're covered with sprays of roses. Now, by sprays, you're meaning a uh, bouquet. Thrushes. Okay. Yeah, like. Yeah, uh, there's at least uh, five to ten blooms at the end of each stem. Okay. Yes, and uh, it's 
polyantha roses have, have become my favorite roses because they bloom and bloom and they're generally most of them are very disease resistant mm -hmm. and uh and they just bloom their hearts out. Are they smaller blooms? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. They're maybe under one inch. Okay. Because they're there are a, a lot on size one of stem. a quarter. Yeah. yeah. Real short stem on. Yeah. It. Okay. And uh, I, in my garden, I have like sixty varieties of um, uh, polyantha roses, and they have become my my favorites in are the last they uh, few years. In the ground or in pots? Uh, both. Okay. But in the garden, I have uh, I have about sixty varieties. I what? don't have that many. I have <laughs> yeah. maybe ten. <laughs> what What size <laughs> pots do you keep your polyanthus in? Um, a lot of uh, I use my miniature roses and polyanthus in the same in the same in one gallon containers. Yeah, no, no, no. I start with one gallons and then they I, they they get transferred to five gallon pots. Okay, so all yes. your miniatures are in fives. Uh, I I have a lot of miniatures in fives. Yeah, okay. But uh, right now, most of my miniatures in the in the potting uh, area they're in one gallon uh, pots. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're waiting. Yes, they're yeah. waiting. Yeah, yeah. He's running out of land. Is he? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you, you're on what? That's a wicked laugh, guys. <laughs> well, Fred, you were you were asking me earlier on what are my favorite roses that are blooming right now? <laughs> yes, I, I thought you would add to this list because this is one of these questions that goes on and the more you, you think about now it. Now, you didn't let me finish. Okay, well, let me, let me recap for those who may not have been listening to the KFPK Garden Show. Whenever Baldo and Charlotte are here, I like to ask them, oh, what are your favorite roses? for the season and the question was what are your favorite roses for the fall and they said sally holmes fourth of july coco loco and a rose called oh my and now they want to add to that list but first we'll take a commercial break and when we come back we will add to their list of their favorite roses for fall blooming when we come back to get growing on talk 650 kste <music> Get Growing continues with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 KSTE. Here again, Fred Hoffman. With Baldo Viegas, Charlotte Owendike from the Sierra Foothills Rose Society. Talking roses, talking bugs, too. Baldo's a retired state entomologist. And when we last were conversing with Baldo and Charlotte, uh, I wanted them to expand upon their list. Actually, Baldo wanted to expand on the list. And but Char Charlotte said, I didn't get to say my favorite All right. Roses. Your favorite roses for fall. The, the ones that are putting on a, a nice show right now. And, of course, that probably varies from year to year. Depends on the weather. It depends on the weather. It depends how much you fertilize. And, yeah, but you, know, you guys uh, have been growing roses for 30 years, so you have some good ideas as far as what does put on a nice show in the cooler months of October and November. Well, um, the, the ones Baldo mentioned, I do have, and they've been doing really good. But the ones that um, I, I just planted Candyland this year, it's a climber. It's a pink and white striped climber. It is fabulous. Everybody loves the youngest baby. Yeah. No, it's it's really performing well. Candyland. Yeah, Candyland. It's got a, uh, the things Rosarians like is they like really nice foliage. It's beautiful foliage. It's kind of shiny, so it has a waxy coating. That means it's a little bit more black spot resistant. Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful, large blooms. It, it, it's For the first year, usually climbers don't take off. This one's taken off, so I'm very, very pleased with it. Um, South um, uh, Africa. Love it. It's a, it's a beautiful... The color of the bloom is, is outstanding. Kind of a little bit like Just Joey, only more richer. 
We have no idea what color that is. That's an apricot color. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Pope John Paul, which is a fragrant rose. It's a yes. white fragrant rose. Keep talking, Charlotte. Don't let Baldo talk. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Neil Diamond's a fantastic uh, rose. Yeah. If you're talking about fragrance. Uh, yeah, and it's a... For it, the fall? Uh, mine, uh, I have one that's really taking off and is doing very, very well now. It's beautiful. It's, it's got uh, at least 10 blooms on it. But it's slow to start. Yeah. It's a, it, it, it's it's third year, so it's been slow to start. But it's beautiful, and it's fragrant. It's a striped, um, kind of chartreuse pink and white stripe. And then the other one I'm really liking is the Pretty Lady. Oh, my sister was, um, she's not going to be 90 this year, and uh, she got me into roses. And I gave her the Pretty Lady, and she says, I like that one. <laughs> and that is fragrant. It's uh, a a. a it's a bright pink, and it's one of the um, uh, downtown Abbey roses. It's phenomenal. I'm really, really pleased. And with the that color rose. of the pretty lady? It's uh, kind of a fuchsia pink. It's okay. a bright. It's a. It's a strong pink. It's a fabulous rose. Right. Okay, Baldo. What are your favorite roses for fall? Well, Dick Tracy, Dick Dick Clark. Oh, Dick, Tracy. Dick, Dick Tracy. Dick, <laughs> Dick Tracy has a rose named after him. <laughs> no, Dick no. Clark. Dick yeah, Clark. That's is, a standard. That's an it's awesome a fantastic rose. rose. And I love it because right now it's full of blooms mm -hmm. and it's extremely disease resistant for this area. Lovely foliage. <laughs> uh, lovely foliage. Uh, it grows to six feet tall, and it's uh, in my garden. It's uh, six feet wide, and just. And it has 50 blooms right now. Is it on a support system? No, not no, really. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's another rose called Gran Amore. Gran Amore, right now in my garden, is 10 feet tall. Okay. And is it on a support system? I'll no, ask. no, no, no. It has this, uh, this very strong uh, stems that can go up. But the, the, see, the way I do it, is I, I encourage the bush to also send uh, additional uh, canes from the bottom mm -hmm. so that I have uh, roses at four feet high as well all, all the way up to 10 feet high. That must be tricky to prune. Uh, yes, I have to have a orchard ladder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have a 12-foot orchard ladder that I put right next to it. So uh, I think we should classify Grand Amore as one we for the experts. Uh it's, it's a fantastic rose. Okay. It's an amazing rose to grow. All right. It okay. has won Queen of Show several times in Always the Sacramento Always Forever area. is like that, too. I have it in my garden. It's yeah. blooming its head off. And it is a good 10 feet tall. Big, yeah. fat canes. Hmm. Okay. And it's it's a baby. <laughs> yeah. I won uh, Best of Show with uh, Always and Forever, uh, what, three, four years ago? Yeah, and Queen, yeah. But yeah. Was that the spring show or the fall show? Fall show. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Always and Forever. Mm -hmm. Another one that is doing extremely well, like it, it won Best of Show for me, was um, Sunstruck. Oh, that's Queen of Show. Yes. Queen of Show. Sunstruck. Sunstruck. Okay. I saw his queen, and I said, it's an orange. And it has, it's really interesting. In the cooler weather, it gets kind of a striations to the bloom. So it, 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 it's not just, it's a, it's a soft, gentle orange. And so a little kind of stripey. Yeah. And it's fabulous. And I, I planted mine, and mine's doing very good. But it, I only planted it this spring. So it, it's got a ways to go before it produces some really outstanding blooms. But, uh, you know, whenever we see another rosarian has a good rose, we, we, we look at our gardener, okay, where can I plant this? And so you, if you're like me, you only have so many roses, and mm -hmm. you start shovel pruning. Yep. 
Exactly. And uh, are you done with the list, Baldo? Uh, no, oh, no. I have, a, I have a few <laughs> others. I, I thought you would. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Gemini is the all-time favorite. Yeah. Gemini. For a fall bloom. For fall bloom. All right. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. We've, I've got two or, two or three plants. And that's yeah. a red rose? No, that's a pink blend. I wasn't even close. All pink, right. Pink, pink blend. blend. All right. And then there's a new rose called All My Loving, again from, um, from Christian Bedard, uh, or speaker for November. It's a really it's a hot pink. Hot pink, yeah, it's I know. It's a hot pink with exhibition blooms. It's those, got a n- nice spiral form. For like. those who weren't listening to the KFPK Garden Show, Christian is the uh, hybridizer for Weeks Roses, and will be speaking at the November meeting of the Sierra Foothills Rose Society, which is the first Thursday in November. November 2nd in at 730. Yeah, at, at, uh, at the Maidu uh, Community Center there off Rocky Ridge in Roseville. Yes. All right. Then uh, in the miniature roses, I have bee's knees. That's, I mean, that just blooms and blooms and he blooms. Has, what, do you have 10 plants of that? Oh, I, I have more like 20 plants. Okay. I At know least 20 plants. You use them as a hedge. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Instead of boxwood, he uses <laughs> bee knees. So if I can ask a personal question here. Uh-oh. Of all the roses you mentioned as being good for fall, which of them would probably do well in part shade? Well, any of the single roses hmm. uh, would do ve- very well, or or uh, less petal roses yeah. will do very well. Okay. Uh, three weeks ago, my um, uh, lighter rose, lighter rose, one of my lighter favorites. Rose I love the lighter rose. It was amazing, and uh, of course, uh, Sally Holmes will do extremely well. Okay. Okay. Right. Those are two excellent ones for yeah. part shade. They need some sunshine. Yeah. But because they're uh, you know, the you need tons of sunshine to get a, uh, a rose that has 50 or more petals. But if you only have eight petals, you don't need quite as much sunshine. Hmm, so that's interesting. That's, okay. So that's kind of the rule of thumb. The less petals, yeah. the more... Sh- sh- and if it's got some disease resistance, it can handle parchade. I know that yes. in May, if you go to the Old City Cemetery, the, the really standout rose is the lighter rose mm-hmm. that is out there. And it's a, it's just gorgeous. We all, you know, most of us have the lighter rose because it's just an outstanding rose. All right, I'm going to write that down. Not as a fall rose, but as a for part shade. It's just, it's just a fabulous rose. It's, I, a, it's a blooming machine. Yeah, I have it on, along my front walk in my front walkway up to toward the house. It gets big. Yep. Yeah, it can be. It, it can, spreads. Yes. Yeah. But you, you know, if you depends on if you, you don't it. have. A, if you don't have a lot of room, you can the way you prune it, mm-hmm. you can keep it down to right. uh, five feet. And we didn't we problem. didn't mention the color of it. And as Brooks uh, in the control room pointed out, it does look like a camellia. Doesn't look like a rose. Yeah, <laughs> but it is gorgeous. Kind of yes. apple blossom, maybe. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Lots of good roses there. Okay, lighter rose. All right. Where am I going to put it? I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Sally Holmes and lighter rose. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. I put them in part shade in my front because, you know, at least, uh, you know, when you have your houses, you have the full shade from the house when the sun comes up. Mm-hmm. Well, I put it right in that area that's part shade, you know. It gets a little, because uh, it can handle some, um, it's fairly disease tolerant. So that's, you know, okay. put it in marginal areas. Got it on my list. All right. Hey, got a garden question? Give us a call. 576-1578 in the 916 area code. 576-1578 or toll free 866-331-8255. 866-331-8255. 
email? Sure, send it to fred at farmerfred.com. And John in San Jose sends in this question. He says, after the spring bloom on roses when deadheading, do you just cut off the bloom or do you go further down the stem? Well, um, if it's a hybrid tea, I go down till I have a pencil thickness of my stem because hybrid teas generally have more, um, they're heavier blooms. And so I, I cut down a little bit lower because I don't want, I want a, a, a stronger stem and a little longer stem so I can cut them because I'm big into cutting them. With your floribundas and your more shrub rose, sometimes I just cut down just below the, the blooms. And it'll just start growing there. And if you wait a little long, your plant will show you where it wants you to cut it. It will start already putting out new growth, and you just cut above the new growth. Wow, that's impressive. (laughs) Uh, Charlie in Brooklyn, uh, Baldo, sends in a picture of, uh, he says, uh, things you did not know about Baldo, he is a rice mogul. Because (laughs) there is a rice variety there, I guess, back in Brooklyn called Baldo Rice. (laughs) <laughs> send in a picture of that oh i get i guess i'm gonna have to uh look into it i'm sure he'll send that to you okay uh jeff in sacramento says i just posted a picture of an insect on the farmer fred facebook page of an insect that my wife and i have been trying to identify this morning could we get an assist from baldo viegas well let me Maybe. go to the I'm, uh, takes a little, it takes yeah. a bit I'll tell you what we'll take a break That way I can crank up the Facebook machine here and we can take a look at the picture and figure out what it is. That's a good way to send in pictures of bugs and roses and whatever. We can try to uh, help you out there. The Get Growing with Farmer Fred Facebook page. It's Get Growing on Talk 650 KSTE. You're listening to Get Growing with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 KSTE. Here again, Fred Hoffman. When we last left you, we were uh, tackling Jeff's question. He posted a picture on the Get Growing with Farmer Fred Facebook page of an insect that's been hanging out on their window for the last couple of hours. It's about two inches long. We suspect it's a species of crane fly, but we're not sure. Is it a beneficial? Baldo has taken a look at the picture and said... It's an ignominid wasp. Ignominid. Say that three ignominid. times real fast. I C H N E U M O N I D. Ignominid wasp. Yeah, ignominid wasps are uh, belong to a, a huge, uh, uh, large family of wasps, uh, beneficial wasps that attack uh, a lot of different insects, um, including. Uh, 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 moth or caterpillars, uh, moth pupae, um, carap- uh, worms, a beetle larvae. Uh, it's, it's mainly a, larv- a larval parasite of many uh, insects. So it's laying eggs on these? Uh, yes, it uh, inserts eggs inside the body. Okay. Yes. And then the little egg hatches and basically yes. the new uh, beneficial eats its way out. Yes, just like the alien movies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's uh, that's why when we talk about um, tomato hornworms and you see what look like little white Q-tips on their back, don't panic, don't throw it away. That is actually a beneficial wasp and uh, the result of it laying its eggs inside and the pupae that have formed uh, are those little white Q-tips. Great. All right. Great. And it's amazing the number of plants that are attracted to or are attractive to the 
ichneumonid wasp. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, because, you know, they do not live by pests alone. They need sources of nectar and sources of housing uh, for themselves. And that's why you need all these, uh, what I like to call good bug hotels in your yard to attract beneficials like the ichneumonid wasp. Ichneumonid. Um, <laughs> Ichneumonid, uh, fern leaf yarrow, uh, all the yarrows for that matter, marguerite, uh, coriander, uh, Queen Anne's lace, cosmos, fennel, uh, sweet alyssum, parsley, uh, stonecrop, uh, tansies, zinnias, uh, very attractive for a lot of the parasitic mini wasps, which include the ichneumonid wasp. <laughs> All right. It's it's an interesting wasp in that, as Jeff points out, it does look like a crane fly. Yeah, those uh, those wasps, um, uh, that particular species that uh, Jeff um, posted, uh, they're attracted to lights uh, at night. And so I bet they're uh, near a light uh, on the outside or mm-hmm. um, something that came to uh, to the window because of the light. Like a lace wing in the spring. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And they, um, if you handle them, they'll they'll try to sting you, but the stinger is not very powerful. It just um, doesn't produce any poison, uh, so it's it's, it's safe, uh, harmless. So yeah, we should point out the word wasp is scary to some people. Yes, and uh, these parasitic mini wasps, like the ichneumonid, uh, <laughs> basically are are harmless to us. Yes. All right, but yes. but good to have in the garden. Oh, they're. Great to have in the garden. That shows you the health of your garden if yeah. you have those uh, and, around. And it's the reason why you don't have to spray in your garden. Correct. Yeah, because you have all these beneficial insects. Yes. So if you do anything, folks, build a good bug hotel, build it, and they will come. It's amazing how that works. You're, what? Are we going to go back to the roses? Baldo, <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> <laughs> I'm out of room on my yellow pad of roses that do well in See, the we fall. See, we like talking roses. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I got one more line left, Baldo, that I can add one more to this list. Oh, you're filling out my yellow pad again. Okay. Uh, if you're going to add another rose, uh, you know, one that, that was doing extremely well in my garden this, uh, uh, you know, I, l- yesterday when I looked at it, it was um, hot tamale. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a cute miniature. It's an uh, it's orange blend. Orange pink. Orange pink? Well, more orange yellow. Yeah, yeah orange yellow. Yeah. And uh, it, it just had a fantastic uh, a group of roses on, on, on the bush. Miniatures are wonderful. I call them blooming machines. They just, they're just, they never stop blooming. What is the eventual height of miniatures? Depends. Depends on the variety. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've seen five-foot miniatures. There's micro miniatures. Which don't barely hit 10 inches, if you're yeah. lucky. And then there are, uh, you know, roses like uh, Ginny LaJoy that can can grow uh, 12 feet high without any problem. That's a miniature climber. It's a miniature climber. And why were we talking about that one over on the KFPK Garden Show? Oh, because uh, it had a huge, uh, uh, it was the highest rating r- rated Oh, that's rose. what, the highest rated rose. Yeah. yeah, it's very healthy. It's yeah. very prolific. It, blo- it blooms. If you put, if you have a, a fence and you want to never see it, Jeannie uh, LaJoy will put out these tiny, small little blooms. They're, if they're fully open, they're maybe the size of a quarter. But it's, um, I think it's, what, 20, 20 petals or something like that. But it's just, it'll be just covered. It's it will cover the fence uh, 10 feet uh, by Either 10 direction. feet. Yeah. And Jeannie LaJoy yeah. isn't spelled like it sounds. No. No. no what no. is it? 
Um, oh, you've got it. Jinli <laughs> uh, Joy. Hold on, hold on. J-A-N-I-E. I can do that part. That's French. Jeannie LaJoy. Yeah. J E A N N E. La Joy is L A J O E I E. Okay. And it's not pronounced like the French name because the, this is named after a woman and that's a, her, how she pronounced her last name, La Joy. La Joy, as opposed to La Joie yes. or something. Okay. Right. Fine. <sighs> Let's go to the phone. I know, all these little rules and exceptions. <laughs> yeah, it depends. I got corrected. <laughs> it, it depends. It, well, let's go to the phones first, because I, you you made an interesting word uh, a little bit earlier, Charlotte, that I want to Uh-oh. talk to you about. Oh, no. All right. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Okay, Mike, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> Good morning. Hey, it's quite a privilege to be able to speak to you folks, uh, although I have a question for you. Uh-oh, he's got to pick on me. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no, we actually no, you're ta- going to We actually talked something. about this earlier over on the KFBK yeah. show. Oh, okay. Is right. a rose considered a flower or a bush? Oh, okay. Uh it's a woody ornamental and it's it's a shrub. So, um uh you know, you can uh, we use it interchangeably between a plant and a in a in a bloom. So, a Personally, rose plant ha- produces rose blooms. Yes. So so when I talk about uh, ro- uh, roses, I talk about the plant or I talk about the bloom, okay? I try to avoid the ro- the term rose when I'm talking about, you know, specific parts of the plant. So it's a woody shrub. It's a sh- yes. All shrubs are woody. Okay? Okay. Did we All answer right. your question, well, Mike? Thank you very much. You okay. enlightened me. I learned something new today. As opposed to a herbaceous perennial. <laughs> 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 no. Well, Mike, thanks for uh, actually calling and clarifying because I wasn't quite sure exactly what you were driving at here. Yeah. No, it was that point. There. Okay. All right. Good. I'm good. All right. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate okay. it. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Yeah. Now, earlier, Charlotte, you, you talked about a, a rose with striation. Oh. And on my heavens, was I taken to task during a break here when I talked about uh, the, the yeah the garden grappler question? I was thinking of this is by the way this is not the garden grappler question. It was one I was thinking of doing would be to name a rose with variegation, and they both jumped down my throat going, "It's not variegation, it's stripes." You Except know, what I'm talking about, the ones I thought of, and I could only think of two, and that's why I didn't do the contest. Yeah. Uh, because I, I got to think of five in, in my head. I, I mentioned Joseph's coat and Rio Samba, and uh, I think you both said, no, that's not striped. That's a blend. Those are blended roses. Cause I'm confused now. I know. It, and what's striation? Um, it's basically the plant. It, it's more, striations are more like a painted rose. It's yeah. on the bl- on the petals. On the petals, on the and, and they're, it, the whole bloom is, is orange, but then there's some... There are some lines in in the on, on the petal, mm-hmm. and so the, you know it's it, those are just and so it's a variation in color, but they're just real. They're they're parallel lines in in the petal, and and it just comes up sometimes, or it could be all one color. It's it's not all. It's not. It's not perfectly. You know how you have a red rose. It's all red. 
well, this will just show a, a different shades of uh, red, red or a different orange. It's light orange and dark orange. More, you know, it's but it's but it's done in a stripe, uh, not a stripe pattern because it isn't very wide. It's very very um, um, very close together. Little parallel colors. Well, that that colors. cleared it right up. I know it's. It, you have to. If one picture's <laughs> worth a thousand words. Okay. It's awful. Stripes. You you can't miss it. It's it, like Fourth uh, of July. It's a red and white stripes, and the the stripes can vary in in size, width, depth of color, and everything. It's and there's a lot of uh, striped roses out there. Yeah, and they're just beautiful. We've seen a lot. Yeah. Oh, they're just beautiful. I have purple splash, and it's a fabulous. Oh, purpose. I I have the candy line, oh, candy yeah. uh, land climber, berries and cream, uh, soaring spirits. Uh, uh, there's just a plethora of different species out there, of different varieties. And as I'm thinking at home or riding my bike, where I think of most of these questions, and I'm thinking, <laughs> well, of course, Baldo and Charlotte could name five right off the top of their head because they're master rosarians of course they could my heavens so it'll be a slightly easier garden grappler question coming up at 11 o'clock and there is a clue available at farmerfred.com as well as on the get growing with farmer fred facebook page where baldo can answer your bug questions as well including that one uh that was posted a few days ago there of the guy from arlington texas who posted a bug uh on the site there and i had no idea it was a very colorful bug that bug there and you you told the guy what it is. Baldo's coming over to pick up the iPad to take a look at it, and he knew oh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is, this is <laughs> you have to use bug. a microphone. Yes, it is a bug. What kind of bug is it? <laughs> this is a mimic. A mimic this bug. Mimic. Can you use a microphone, Baldo? It's, it's radio. You know? I know. I just... <laughs> My, minor things. This is uh, neat. This is a neat bug. Um, he's excited. Wow. Oh, yeah. He got really excited. He yeah. was dancing. Wow, this is... I, I love mimic um, bug mimics. This one is getting protected coloration because it looks like an ant, but it's actually a, a sucking insect. Um, a bad guy? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. But it, it's a chameleon kind of nature yes, it has yes. where it turns color. Yeah. Chameleon. And um, uh, this one, I've I seen it before on uh, peppers Yeah. Uh, out of Texas. Okay. So that's why I'm going, huh? Uh, anyway, this is, um, you know, probably a, a myriad bug uh, in the family Myridae. Uh, uh, the common name is, uh, they're called plum bugs. Um, Does uh, it attack plums? No. Oh. No. Doesn't uh, what, what's it on? That's what I was logical. thinking. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. It doesn't say what, uh, what's, no. what's on it. No. There is a picture he posted below of it. If yeah. you just scroll uh, up there and you'll see some pictures. Oh, of yeah. The, Baldo was really uh, super excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'm excited yes. when I see things like this. Yes. If, you w if you really want to get me excited, send me close-up pictures of some of your bugs and I'll identify them for you. And just uh, give me some contact information. I'll send you the information back. Now, when you take the pictures of the bugs, folks, have something next to it so we can figure out what size it is, like yes. a quarter or a dime or a penny or a nickel. And then tell me where you're located. Yeah, that because helps. Because that's extremely important. Yeah. And then uh, more or less when you took the picture. And sometimes what planet it's on, if you Oh, know. yeah, that's extremely important. Yeah, because yeah. uh, that also helped me identify the insect. Y you can take the entomologist out of uh, the state, but you can't take the state out of the entomologist or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Baldo loves bugs. I'm just so glad that in your career... 
working for the state that uh, you got to work in the field and not behind a desk. I tell you, I was a field entomologist for 35 years. And when I uh, retired, they well, actually when before uh, I retired, they offered me a, a position downtown reading pesticide labels, no, uh, fertilizer labels. Oh and God. I said, no, that's not for me. <laughs> Thank you, but no thanks. Uh, uh, so I retired. There you go. <laughs> All right. Okay, we need to take a break. We'll have more with Baldo and Charlotte. Got a question? Give us a call, 576-1578 in the 916 or 866-331-8255. Email, send it to fred at farmerfred.com. Maybe I'll be able to read it if Baldo gives me back my iPad. It's Get Growing on Talk 650 KSTE. Get Growing continues with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 KSTE. Here again, Fred Hoffman. Garden Grappler coming up a little after 11 o'clock here on Get Growing. Baldo Viegas, Charlotte Owendike are here from the Sierra Foothills Rose Society. Baldo's still excited about the mimic bug uh, picture. Thanks for sending that, Jeff, from Arlington, Texas. <laughs> you well, love that. Yeah, the previous uh, picture that you, you told me about was an ambush bug. And that was another picture Jeff sent earlier yes. in the week that, that you that had one, answered. Yeah, yeah, that one I had to look closely at the, you know, I was able to zoom in on the picture mm-hmm. because I was able to see that it was in, uh, it, I, at first I thought it was a fly. But then I, when I zoom in, I was able to see that uh, it was uh, actually a predaceous insect called an ambush bug. And ambush bugs have raptorial front legs. Just raptorial? Like a pre- yes, yes, just like a prey mantis. Okay. Okay. And uh, anyway, those are kind of neat because they're also mimics. Uh, mimics, uh, and they stay on the, uh, hidden on the, in the flowers, and then they, they get anything that comes to the flowers. All right. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Valley Springs and talk with Karen here on Get Growing. Hi, Karen. Hi, Fred. Good morning, everybody. Hi. Good morning. I have a question. This is for Baldo. Great day. (laughs) My husband was on Facebook yesterday and saw an article that says that the assassin bug, which they also called the kissing bug, is spreading Chagas disease through dogs and even children and killing them. Oh, those are fake fake, uh, news. Okay, Okay, thank you. I wanted it on the radio so everybody could hear it. Um, uh, The um, kissing bugs... They're, uh, or assassin bugs that they're talking about, they're rodent parasites. And they, uh, you find them in the nest of rodents. And uh, it's mainly, you know, outdoors, uh, you know, in, in the, uh, they're basically a problem uh, like in the foothills and things like that. But in California, we don't have Chagas disease. Uh, you know, the organism is a bacteria. Uh, there, okay. is a, there is some uh, Chagas disease down in the southwest. But in Northern California, we don't have the, the Chagas disease problem. What is the disease? Chagas? Chagas disease. Okay. Um, it's, um, it's mainly a problem down in South America, in Brazil. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, assassin oh, bug that's here is not the assassin bug that's no, down there. No. Uh, and they're very, very, very specialized type of um, insects. That we call them triatoma uh, bugs. And uh, we rarely see them in the, in the urban area. You see them mainly associated with uh, uh, wild rodents up in the, uh, you know, because that's what, that's what they, they, uh, they feed on. They're bloodsuckers. So there you go. 
Okay. Okay. Well, that's what I wanted. I wanted everybody yeah. to hear it nationwide. <laughs> but the assassin <laughs> bugs, the, assassin bugs. <laughs> the assassin bugs that you see on the plants, they're, they're uh, insect eaters. Okay. They're not uh, uh, blood suckers. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Karen. Appreciate okay. it. You're welcome. All right. Bye-bye. Email question from our friend Ann Fankner, Master Gardener. She's also uh, responsible for planting a fence line along the backside of Sacramento High School. And she's always looking for tall, narrow-growing plants. And she says, what climbing rose varieties do you have for the skinny garden? Blocking the ugly fence is desirable, as is a thornless varietal. As a reminder, the soil is mostly track soil with low nutrients. The official colors of Sakai are purple and white. Lavender Lassie? Uh, you can use a microphone. Okay. Lavender Lassie? Lavender Lassie? Yeah, that's a, a, what is it, a hybrid musk, and it hardly has any thorns. Right. And you know, it, 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 it gets very long, big. Yeah. Sephron? Sephron Durheen, you yeah. can get oh, that, that very commonly. Oh, that one's another good one, yeah. That doesn't have any thorns whatsoever. How do yeah. you spell that? Z-E, oh, God. <laughs> Z-E, oh, God. We, <laughs> I always call her Sephi. Okay. <laughs> if you use Z-E-P-H-E-R-I-N, Durheen. Yeah. You've got, do you have it on yours? You probably don't. No, I don't have it on my list. But, but anyway, the, uh, Z- I got it here, oddly enough. Uh, Z-E-P-H-I-R-I-N. I-R-I-N-E, Druheen, D-R-O-U-H-I-N. And it's very highly rated, by the way. Yeah, Yeah. and yeah, it's it's essentially thornless. Yeah, okay. And it's a medium pink with 25 to 30 petals. Been around since 1868. Yeah, and it's still sold because it's just a great rose. All right, and the one you mentioned before that? A lavender lassie. You can find that. It's in commercial. Okay. You, you can to, or can't find it? You can find okay, it. Right. You, you might have to have it mail-ordered, but it, it's available. It's also a good little rose. That's quite the project Anne has going there. Uh, I've uh, read of, about it. Yes, of decorating that uh, fence line uh, that all the neighbors are enjoying and all the, the school people are enjoying, too. And she's literally dragging a hose, a garden <sighs> hose, across the street <laughs> and and watering the plants that way. And I guess all the cars would run over the garden hose while mm. they go by. But anyway, can't you put a drip line or something like that? In, and then you know, they connect it to what? To the garden hose. Oh. Yeah, well, uh, somebody's water. Use Wi Fi or Bluetooth to send oh. the water over? <laughs> okay, okay. You know, it's like, uh, what are you going to do? It's across okay. the street. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, she, she's, that's a big but that's job. A, uh, some good examples there for you, Anne. Hey, Fred, are we going to talk about the Rose Show? I think we should because we only have about a minute left here before we take a break and then start the Garden Grappler. So uh, the Sierra Foothills Rose Society Rose Show coming up next Saturday. It's going to be at the uh, uh, Green Acres uh, uh, Nursery over in Folsom. And we're going to be there from, uh, I won't be there, but my friends are going to be there from 6 in the morning to Uh 10 o'clock to enter the roses. And then the judging is going to be between 10 and 12. And then it's open to the public uh, for viewing from 12 to 6. And we're going to have lots of people there to answer any questions about roses and companions and everything you ever want to know about roses. And that is next Saturday at the Folsom Green Acres Nursery and Supply, which is at 203 Serpa Way, which is near the uh, intersection of Bidwell and Highway 50. And it's basically get off the freeway, head north, turn right on the first signal, 
Go up two signals and turn right. That's Serpa Way. If you turn right at the first signal, you will be lost forever in the morass known as the Costco parking lot. But you can <laughs> negotiate your way through the Costco parking lot, around the back, around the gas station, then back up the hill to Green Acres. I well, learned that the hard way. Well said, yes. Fred. Yes. <laughs> Personal experience. We've all done that. <laughs> yes. All right. But anyway, it's, it is, uh, you can see it from the freeway. All right. And that's next Saturday. And it's open to the public, though, just noon to 6, right? Yes, correct. All right. We have to take a break for news. When we come back, it's Garden Grappler time, a chance for you to pick up a prize or two from the Farmer Fred Prize Closet. If you're on hold with a question, stay there. We'll get to your questions, and you might win a prize, too, as we continue with Get Growing here on Talk 650 KSTE. You're listening to Get Growing with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 KSTE. Here again, Fred Hoffman. All right, Garden Grappler time. A chance for you to pick up a prize or two from the Farmer Fred Prize Closet. If you are up on your rose knowledge, the clue is available either at FarmerFred.com. Just click on the link that says a clue for the Garden Grappler. Or find it at the Get Growing with Farmer Fred Facebook page, which is, uh, I think, one of the comments under the picture of Baldo and Charlotte that uh, I have posted there. So anyway, today's question, comment, whatever, name a fall rose care task. What should you be doing for your roses this time of year? Name a fall rose care task. All five callers get a prize, special bonus prize for caller five, because as you know, in the Garden Grappler, you cannot repeat an earlier answer. 576-1578, the number to call here in the 916 area code outside the area, 866-331-8255. The number's again, 576-1578 or 866-331-8255. Brooks, you ready in there? He's ready to jot down all the pertinent information. Now, there are some people on hold here uh, with questions for our guest today from the Sierra Foothills Rose Society, Baldo Viegas and Charlotte Owendike. And so, you know, we'll talk to you. And if you have an answer, then, uh, hey, you got the prize. I just have to remember to put you back on hold so Brooks can get all the pertinent information. John and Modesto, you wanted to talk about Baldo's manure, though. Yes, I did, particularly his horse manure that he, about six months ago, he said he fertilized his roses with. Well, I've got a horse ranch up the road for me, too, and so I went up and got an ATV trailer load full of a horse, and they were really happy to give it to me. And uh, I worked it into my winter garden, and I have a perfect stand now. Of, Weeds, huh? Uh, oats and fillery, and yes. I can't find a single one of them in my winter, my winter uh, vegetables that I planted. Uh, and the horse I used was <laughs> off a stack that was about a year old, and he said he used his green. Yes, I uh, I use it uh, between three weeks of delivery, because every three weeks I get uh, a load of uh, horse manure. Uh, but and the key uh, thing here so is um, you don't have any problem with oats. I have problem with a lot of weeds. Okay, and what I do is I try to. Uh, um, I try to use uh, pre-emergence herbicides, and those are the only things that are allowed in my garden. Uh, pre-emergence herbicides, uh, and I use it uh, maybe three times a year. To um, you know, after I uh, I uh, uh, put a new load of manure in there. Um, anyway, so I I try to keep about uh, three inches of uh, new manure in the in the rose beds, and then I immediately put uh, the um, the preen or the uh, uh, sometimes I use surfland. 
Um, but between um, preen and manure, uh, that's what I use for keeping the weeds down. Preen is a yeah. pre-emergent label product, yes. and Surfland, I think Surfland may be the active ingredient in preen, isn't Yes, it? I think so. Yeah, okay. Um, but for uh, the Surfland, I use it as a spray. Okay. And then I use it in the walkways and things like oh, that. Oh, the prune is a granular. Yeah. Okay. Um, then you don't grow any winter re- winter vegetables from seed, do you? No, no, I don't. Uh, I use transplants. Now, yeah. if I was going to use it in uh, where I use seeds, I use, um, you know, I have uh, quite a variety of garden hose. And then I use, uh, I use those. In fact, um, uh, right now I'm going through the rose beds uh, and I use, I'm using a hoe. To uh, to get rid of the uh, the weeds. Manual. And, yes, <laughs> and he has a very nice hoe, and I even bought it on his recommendation. Oh yes, yes. It's, uh, it's uh, it was from some distributor in Oakland, I think. Yes, uh, in Berkeley. In Berkeley. Uh, okay. Hida Tools. Yeah, Hida Tools. Hida Tools. Yeah. H i d a. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the aluminum uh, 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 weeders because uh, you don't have to bend down. And it's a nice uh, sharp blade yeah. too. Yeah, that's. Uh, I guess I messed that. That uh, portion where you said you used a pre-emergent. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem when, with when most poop. Your carrots haven't got a chance. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw. I heard your question last weekend when I was in the garden and I was listening to to Fred's uh, uh, tap uh, dance. Yes. So uh, then, then, whenever then he gets in trouble, I call him. Onto you, didn't you? Huh? <laughs> yes. You heard him sick me onto you. This oh, year. yes, yes. I was prepared to re- to answer your question uh, uh, this morning, but uh, he wouldn't let me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, you want to take a tackle at the uh, Garden Grappler question? Name a fall no, rose care task. I, I don't grow anything that I can't eat, so I can't help you there. All right, John. Thanks for calling. <laughs> thanks for the help. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, let's go to New York. Let's talk with Charlie in Brooklyn. Hey, uh, Charlie. Oh, sh- my What's favorite up, Rosarian. How are you doing, Charlotte and uh, Baldo? What did you say, Fred? I'm, I'm good to talk with you. Sure. Morning. All right. How good, you doing? Yeah. Good afternoon, uh, uh, actually, Charlie. Actually, it's afternoon back there. What you doing? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's afternoon. That's right. I don't even know what it is. Hey, thank yeah, you I, for posting all those bug pictures on my page. Oh, you got it. <laughs> I, I got a kick. I got into it. I know. I got, you in, uh, I got you to be an expert on photography. Yeah, but they the people in the garden don't care. I tell them, <laughs> you have these in your garden, in your yes. vegetables. They tell me no. I do, okay, no problem. What would be a good insect book for me to start with? Um, I, I still like the Rodale's uh, Colored Illustrated Guide to Insects. Yeah. Uh, just because it's a good mugshot book. Yes. All right. Uh, I think if you put down uh, um, uh, insects, uh, you can see a wide variety of uh, of um, uh, suggestions. Um, uh, God, I, you got me unprepared for this. Um, All right. <laughs> but there's a uh, uh, there's a professor in Colorado State University uh, that has uh, written a fantastic book. It costs you twenty bucks or less, uh, and it's called um, Insects of the Garden. I think. Uh, I can post this in uh, in your page if you want later on. All right, yeah. Yeah, That's or cool. in my page, in my f- Facebook page, and I'll put a picture of it. But it's in, very inexpensive, and it's probably the best uh, insect for American insects in the garden. All right. And it's very good. inexpensive, and it has a lot of pictures and uh, fantastic information. I use it religiously for answering questions. All right. Okay. That's good. Yeah. 
I was looking online here to see if I could find that book real quick. I it's can't, uh, but there is a uh, lot. Oh, here it is. Crenshaw. It's called... Um, oh, By Crenshaw. Okay. Uh, oh, there's all sorts of nifty pictures here. Yeah. Tell you what, uh, this site at uh, that I just stumbled onto, it's called Bugs and Other Insects from the State of Colorado. And it's uh, it's got some great pictures on it. And it it's... Uh, where online is this? Extension. Colostate.edu. I think if you just Google that phrase I just gave you, bugs and other insects from the state of Colorado, that it would uh, pop up. But uh, is the name of the book, Baldo, Beneficial Insects and Other Arthropods? No, I think it's called American Insects, but uh, I'm not sure exactly what the title is. Wow, Amer- uh, that would be a great name for a movie, American um, Insects. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's uh, the last name of the professor is, is Crenshaw. Okay. And uh, he's an amazing uh, individual. He's a good friend of mine. Who isn't? <laughs> Come on, Baldo. <laughs> All right. Uh, I hope that, Charlie, you want to take a, t- uh, a crack at the uh, yeah, rose question? Okay. Continual modern fungal disease. Baldo, you're the judge. Hey, that's great. Okay. <laughs> In fact, you also been doing some of the suggestions that I uh, I recommended for some of your bugs you, you, you've been finding. All right. <laughs> but you don't have good. to say that. You already, uh, you already answered the question. Oh, okay. Brooks, I am sure I've got Charlie's address in my database. So if I just send it to Charlie Z, Brooklyn, New York, it'll get, get to him. Everybody yeah. knows Charlie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Charlie, thanks. All right, thanks a lot. All right, All right bye-bye. bye-bye. All right. All right. Uh, so we got fungal disease. Monitor for fungal diseases. That's a good fall rose care tip. Yes. All right. Um, Sandy and Woodland, go ahead. Add to that list. Um, Applying alfalfa pellets. Oh, listen to that hiss mm. from the crowd here! Wow. No, no, I, not at this time of the year. <laughs> okay. You want to? Yeah. Do you have a backup answer? Uh, backup answer. Let's see. Compost. Uh, apply compost around your roses. Yeah, that'll you, work. Yeah, that will work. Yeah, compost mulching. That's that's a good thing to do anytime. Yeah, uh, the alfalfa has a little bit too much nitrogen, and you don't want to apply too much nitrogen at this time of the year. All right, so just adding a layer of compost as a mulch, always a good idea. Yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. All right. just uh, and Especially when you're preparing a new bed. Yeah, oh, definitely. Uh-huh. Well, you can mix the compost. What The beautiful part about compost is you can use it as an amendment to your soil, and that's you can right. use it as a mulch. The only downside to using it as a mulch, it becomes a haven for weed seeds that might blow in. And they would germinate easily. Yeah. But, but that's what you use preen for and some of the other pre-emergences <laughs> as Baldo mentioned earlier. Yes. All right. <laughs> or else you're spent a lot of time weeding. Yeah. Yeah. At this time of the year, you have a lot of winter weeds. So yeah. Let's yeah, not give away I, any answers layers. here. Oops. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. We'll take a break. We'll get them to zip it <laughs> up here. Uh, okay, Sandy. We're so helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy, I'm going to be sending you uh, my handout called Pruning Roses, California Style. And another uh, helpful pruning guide called Don't Top That Tree. So I'll be sending that your way. Okay, thank you. All right, Sandy, thank you. All right, we have some open lines at 576-1578 or toll-free 866-331-8255. Name a fall rose care task. Baldo and Charlotte are the official judges and hanging jury for today's competition. It's Get Growing on Talk 650 KSTE. Get Growing continues with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 KSTE. Here again, Fred Hoffman. 
with Baldo Viegas and Charlotte Owendike from the Sierra Foothills Rose Society. They are the judges for today's Garden Grappler competition. The question, which isn't a question because there is not an interrogative pronoun, name a fall rose care task. Name a fall rose care task. Answers so far have included monitoring for fungal diseases. Another is adding compost or as a mulch. That's good. Let's see what Donna and Merced has to say. Donna, if you're going to add to this list, what would you say? Okay, uh, clean up around the rose bushes. Very good. That's really Very important good. to uh, uh, reduce the disease uh, levels in your garden. I think that's a good idea for uh, just about any plant you right. may have is yeah. to clean up. And because not only is it a disease haven, it's a next year's bad bug hotel, too. Right. Yeah. It's 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 one of the best things you can do. And you can, you know, take a blower and blow the leaves out from the bed, put them on your grass if you still have any grass, and then, you know, take all those lawn clippings and throw them in the trash and get rid of them. Blow it onto your neighbor's driveway. Oh, that, uh, I'm not going there. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> all right. Good answer, Donna. I'll be sending you the, uh, the, 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 the pruning roses California style, and don't top that tree. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Yeah, I was reading about somebody who uh, changed their, uh, you know how you can name your Wi-Fi system in uh. your house, and uh, somebody uh, named it, quit blowing leaves onto my yard, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like oh, well. that. Kay and Wilton, go ahead. Add to oh, that list. Of, hi, Kay. Uh, hi, Charlotte. Hi, Baldo. How you doing, Kay? Good, good, good. You know what? I'm getting my ladder out and climbing up on my arbor, and re- I'm thinning out and retying my climber canes. Because they might be wind-prone? Yes, and I'm cutting out the diseased ones and deadheading while I'm at it. That's a perfect thing to do this time of year. I've, That's I've perfect. Been, I've been doing a little bit of that also. I should have put that on my uh, garden to do. Kay, as the new president, uh, will be uh, elect for uh, hopefully if she gets voted in, which I doubt, I'm sure she will for next year. Oh, okay. Congratulations. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll it's be there to help her. It's a great I am. Team. Yeah, it, it's a wonderful team, and she's a sweetheart. All right. Hey, and Kay, she's really getting into roses. She's got a purple splash that's to die for. And in Wilton, you got the room to grow them. I do. All right, good for you. And I'll be sending you my handouts on pruning roses California style, which as a true Rosarian, Kay, you can either agree or disagree with. And uh, don't top that tree, so that'll be coming your way. Yes, we learned that the hard way. Yeah, okay. Oh, you got one of those uh, mulberries or ash trees that are now looking kind of ugly? Sycamore. Sycamore. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Firewood. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Kay. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye, Bye-bye. Kay. All right. We are still in See search. You Saturday. We are still in search of caller number five in today's Garden Grappler. I'm of surprised course, that Kay at the TED hasn't called in. I'm surprised, or too. Or Richard. Uh, yeah. Uh, 576-1578-866-331-8255. Caller five gets a bonus prize. Name a fall rose care task. All right. So it's uh, we, so far we've had uh, monitor for fungal diseases, uh, adding compost as a top dressing or as a mulch, uh, cleaning up beneath your rose bushes, or retying canes on especially those wind-prone roses. Right. And sometimes you'll get some cane die back, and you can cut that out. So you're just, you're just starting the process for pruning early. Yeah. So uh, And it's a great time. Oh, right now it's a wonderful time to work in the yard. 
Uh, she's giving additional que- uh, oh, answers. Huh? No, I just uh, it, <laughs> I did it again. Well, you know, if nobody calls in, then uh, I guess uh, Baldo and Charlotte get the prize. And I can do that, you know, not a problem. Okay. Okay, well, we'll see. Anyway, of uh, Sierra Foothills Rose Society show, noon to 6. And as we pointed out earlier, uh, either on this show or the KFBK Garden Show, you're there not only to enjoy all the roses that people bring in uh, that are up for awards, but also to answer questions about That's roses. That's right. We'll do our best. Uh, we'll try ad- identifying roses. We'll try to look at some of the issues you can bring us, uh, bring a sample and a, and a, um, a baggie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we'll take a look at it and try to give you some advice. Yeah, We've yep. seen a lot of problems with not enough watering and, you know, yeah. because of the heat stress that a lot of plants have had. I would think that perhaps because of the drought, you didn't see so many uh, Roundup-related problems. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't. Round, Roundup is probably one of the most uh, common, common problem that I have seen in the in the area. Right. And we, we, I, we should generalize it that uh, the active ingredient in Roundup, glyphosate, yeah. and that product is uh, there's a, a host of, of weed control products that now use glyphosate as the active ingredient. It isn't just Roundup anymore. But glyphosate is can be very toxic to roses, even if you're just spraying weeds and the roses have no leaves on them because of, what, the thin nature of the bark. Right. A couple of years ago, I, uh, I used a paintbrush to, uh, to apply Roundup or the, acif- uh, the uh, glyphosate to, uh, to some weeds that were, you know, like a bindweed that was growing mm. uh, around the roses. <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, anyway, uh, I got effects of the Roundup or the uh, glyphosate up in the foliage. How did that happen? If you're, you're applying it with a paintbrush. With a, yes, and that was a recommended uh, yeah. application. There huh. are glyphosate applicators now that are basically long tubes with a sponge on the end. Right. And you can go around and dab the weeds with right. glyphosate. But now you got me wondering. Yeah, and uh, and the explanation that I got was that um, you know uh, uh, glyphosate uh, uh, goes into the vapor stage really fast. I was going to say it really volatilizes. Fast. So if you're going to do that, uh, do it when it's not so uh, so warm. hot, so warm. Yeah, it's got to be cooler weather so it yes. stays doesn't va- evaporate. And yes, and, get and then fr- if I was going to do it, I would wrap around the rose with a plastic. And then do it that way. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a big piece of cardboard you hold between right. the weeds and the plant itself. Right. Until it dries. Yeah. One interesting thing about uh, glyphosate problems that I never knew about that they discovered doing some research at the University of Arizona was that on foggy days, on foggy mornings, the, the spray itself tends to be in the air longer because the air is heavier and even though you're taking all the necessary mm. precautions, it can be carried by that heavier air to nearby plants. And that's why it's so important that when you are spraying weeds, if it is like a cool overcast morning, especially in the fall or winter here where it tends to be foggy, you want that sprayer as low to the ground as possible. Mm. Otherwise, the, the drops could stay airborne and, and find their way to desirable plants. Your desirable plants, not yeah. their desirable yeah. plants. But anyway. Yeah, I don't use uh, glyphosate anywhere near the roses anymore. Right. Yeah. So. It's uh, yeah, unless you, like you say, cover the roses or somehow uh, have a barrier between the weeds and the roses before you apply it. Yes. Well, guess who caller number five is? You you asked for it, Baldo. You got it. You got it. Yeah. Oh boy. 
Hey, Baldo, you got the guy that went to his 60th class reunion last Saturday. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, are you going to be at the show next weekend? I have no idea. Well, we only go one day at a time around here. <laughs> of course, we're talking about Ted from Granite Bay, who likes to spend yeah. his spare time at the bottom of a septic tank. Right, right. And I was out working, and I heard you mention my name, so I thought I better get in here. Well, you know, I've had a terrible year with my roses. I bet half of them have died, and so I'm going to do some shovel pruning. Okay. Because life is too short to put up with a problem plant. So uh-huh. it, yeah, is, is that your answer? Yeah, does that work? I can give yes. you something else. Yeah, no, that that, that will work. There sometimes, you know, um, for various different reasons, uh, roses don't do as well, and you put a new rose in, and they just take off. Um, uh-huh. And you know, we don't always know why. Yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of shower pruning in the next yeah. couple months. So sometimes that, that it's because we don't like a rose. Sometimes it, it hasn't performed well. It, it, it's not a good bloomer. Um, there's a lot of different reasons. There's sometimes a lot of new roses out there. Yeah, right. that's a lot of it. <laughs> Ted, well, I, I think, I, didn't I? Now, the grand prize, because you are the fifth caller. I think, oh, I didn't even know that. Yes. Yeah, you're you're oh, the big yeah, winner. Oh, yeah, he didn't know it. Um, I see, honest. <laughs> I didn't. I just heard my name and started calling. Just like a dog. All right. The, uh, <laughs> so, so, Ted, oh, gosh. Now, I believe a month or so ago, I sent you the grand prize of a Master Gardener calendar. Is that true? No, you didn't. Not for the new one. All right. Then that's what you won. All right. Now, the question now, I, I do ha- have a rose question. You mentioned earlier, uh, Baldo did Neil Diamond. Yes. Rose. Yes. Can you tell me? Uh, he's my favorite singer, but I you mentioned pink, and I don't like pink. Is he pink? Uh, is red. Oh, I, okay. I, I'm on my way to get it. Well, it's it's a stripe. Uh, it has uh, it has white, uh, pink, and red, and um, off red, of of course. <laughs> is it like George Burns and uh, yes. with the other yes. one? Yes. Kind of like that. Yes, uh, the the stripes might be a little bit uh, thicker, but it's the the positive thing is that it's very fragrant. Yeah, it's extremely fragrant. A real nice, yeah. nice yeah. scent. It's Old one of the best roses. fragrant roses in the air uh, for the. And this year. time of year, the fragrance really pops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm after. Do you know if he sings, "You don't bring me flowers anymore"? If I plant it, uh, <laughs> you don't want to. Don't don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never bloom. You okay. might want to put it uh, right next to the bush and then uh, see if it uh, work. That works. Okay. It might All grow right. faster if you it play music. Yeah. Okay. Ted, always hey. a pleasure. Thank you very much. I'm glad I got uh, to call in. All right. I mean, you know, Ted, because you live in Placer County, because you're among the rich yes. and the elite of Granite Bay, uh, I I'll be sending you the Placer County uh, Master Gardener calendar. Okay, that's that's perfect. All right. Now, I have one other All question. Right. Brooks is going to be mad at me, but I, I want to keep talking here for a second to you, Ted. Now, okay, I'd love that. All right. I'm riding my bike the other day down Cavett Stallman, not too far yeah. from your place, and all yeah. of a sudden this critter runs out into the middle of the road. And I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of a weird-looking squirrel. And I get a little closer, and I can't make out what it is. It looks like a mink. And I and I know Granite Bay is exclusive, but your wild animals there are mink. Uh, we ha- do have other other things, but you you weren't around upon them. 
Um, it, it actually dove, when it saw me, it dove back down into a, a construction area into a drainage ditch. Yeah, I know right where you're talking about. That's where our ditch is over there. It could be, what's the, what's the guy that likes to, like, they have fun in the water and they jump. Beaver? They, no, it didn't yes. have a no. It didn't have a beaver tail. Though. Otter. No, no, no. It wasn't a beaver. Otter. Another one. A weasel. Otter. otter yeah. It's an otter. Has it been an otter? I don't know. I'll have to look at a picture of an otter. It moved fast. We do have otters. It's like a rat. <laughs> Again, it did. It's like it, the squirrels and the rats. They all look alike. It looked big. Whatever it was. Yeah, all right, probably an otter. I an opossum. You know what that? No, like. I know what possums are. This was <laughs> okay. not an opossum. I know. I, okay. I I I wanted to stick with the story that it's a mink because you live in such an exclusive community. Oh, knock it off! All right. Okay. <laughs> I, when somebody asks me where I live, I always say Loomis. Yeah, I know you do, and you used to yeah. live in Loomis. <laughs> right. It was Loomis at one time. Yes. All right, Ted. Thanks. Okay. Thank <laughs> All you. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Right. And bye. Uh, of course, always a pleasure that have Baldo and Charlotte here from the Sierra Foothills Rose Society. One more time, their show next Saturday, October 21st, at the Folsom Green Acres Nursery and Supply at 205 Serpa Way, open to the public from noon to 6 next Saturday for the Sierra Foothills Rose Society show. Is that right? Yes. All right. Come one, come all. It's going to be fun. (laughs) Okay. Baldo, Charlotte, thanks for coming down to the radio place Thank today. you very much, uh, Fred, for we having did. us ag- again. All right. We like coming. Glad to have you on. Always a pleasure. Yeah. We're going to talk upcoming garden events, other upcoming garden events, when we come back to get growing on Talk 650 KSTE. You're listening to Get Growing with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 KSTE. Here again, Fred Hoffman. Coming up on Saturday, October 21st, the UC Davis Arboretum plant sale is ongoing. Now, even though they had one on October 7th, they're having another one on October 21st. We're talking with Warren Roberts, Superintendent Emeritus out there at the UC Davis Arboretum. And Warren, what are people going to find at Fall Sale Part 2? The fall, oh, this this sale, they're finding lots of good plants. I've never seen the nurseries <laughs> opulent as it is now. And although we did do it, we did sell a lot of plants last time. Almost every category on the, the plant list that you can download is available. And we have lots of uh, plants for fall color, of course. The salvias are splendid right now. Uh, lots of uh, hummingbird plants, including some salvias, of course. Plants for drier gardens. And uh, lots of lots of variety. I think that um, no matter, even if you went to the plant sale last last week, you're probably thinking, "Oh, I should have gotten this, or I should have should have gotten that." I'll be at the plant sale too to help answer questions, and there'll be lots of help and lots of uh, lots of information about what to be putting in our gardens these days. All right, the sale is Saturday, October twenty first, nine a.m. to one p.m. And it is at the uh, Arboretum Nursery, which is exactly where on the UC Davis campus? The Arboretum Teaching Nursery is near the vet school. So if you follow the signs to the vet school, uh, that's where it is. It's on the uh, west side of the main campus. It's, it's pretty obvious from a distance. It's near the bus barn. So if you see the, the bus barn with its uh, big London buses, we're near that. And there's parking right in that area as well. And again, it's 9 to 11 a.m., on Saturday, October 21st, for more information and a list of available plants, you can visit their website, arboretum.ucdavis.edu. 
Warren Roberts, thanks for telling us about the plant sale. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing everybody out there. Lots of other great garden events going on, like today from 2 to 4 o'clock over in Davis. The Yolo County Master Gardeners have uh, two little mini-sessions, one called Garlic and Onions, How to Grow Them, and the second called Pollinators for the Garden. And that'll be at the Mary Stevens Davis Library at 315 East 14th Street in Davis, and that's coming up uh, 2 to 4 o'clock later today. Then on Tuesday, October 17th, they have a class on growing citrus trees from 11.30 to 1 p.m. That'll be in West Sacramento at the West Sacramento Community Center at 1075 West Capitol Avenue, a free workshop. And then next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m., they have a workshop on water-wise plants. And that'll be at the Woodland Community Garden at 2300 East Gibson Road, Building 400 in Woodland. And that, too, is free. All right, other events going on. Uh, Coming up on Wednesday at um, the Cooperative Extension Office here in Sacramento County, the Master Food Preservers have a class on sharing the bounty, creating edible presents. But with uh, the harvest now, especially with apples and pears, you can make some pretty tasty gifts, and they'll tell you how. Wednesday evening, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Cooperative Extension Office, which is at 4145 Branch Center Road near the corner of Bradshaw and Kiefer. Uh, Deadlines are approaching to uh, make applications for various county master gardener classes, including the Sacramento County Master Gardener class. I believe Tuesday is the deadline to submit your applications for the 2018 training program. And you can find uh, applications available online or at the Cooperative Extension office online. Just uh, do an internet search of the phrase Sacramento County Master Gardeners and their homepage will pop up and you can get more information about the applications online right there or drop by, again, their Cooperative Extension office. Also in El Dorado County, they're going to be doing some Master Gardener training in 2018 and they are accepting applicants from both El Dorado and Amador County and they're having an orientation class this coming Thursday from 4 at 4 p.m., and that'll be in Placerville at uh, 311 Fair Lane, I do believe is where it's going to be. And you can get more information there about uh, their what they want from Master Gardeners as far as uh, what you can expect and uh, who's qualified. Basically, they're just looking for a spirit of volunteerism. They'll teach you the gardening. you got to have the spirit of volunteering inside you. And uh, then you can submit an application online. And again, more details at their orientation meeting Thursday, 4 o'clock, at the uh, El Dorado County uh, Master Gardener uh, office there in Placerville at 311 Fair Lane. Uh, What else is going on here? Um, They're also having in El Dorado County a Master Food Preserver 2018 training program that's open to El Dorado County residents. And they're having a meeting about that on next Saturday, 1230 to 1.30, at the uh, office there in Placerville at 311 Fair Lane. Next weekend, Saturday and Sunday at the Shepherd Garden and Arts Center, it's the Bonsai Show. The Capital City Bonsai Association has the Bonsai Show going on, the Art of Plant Miniaturization. There will be vendors, member sales, auctions, raffles, demonstrations, and displays. It's free. Interested in Bonsai? It's an amazing, amazing art and just uh, some amazing plants that they can miniaturize. Check it out at the Shepherd Garden and Art Center next Saturday and Sunday, 10 to 4, 
at the uh, Shep, and that address is 3330 McKinley Boulevard in McKinley Park in Sacramento. Master Gardener Gardening Guide and Calendars are available. Placer County uh, has one for Foothill Dwellers, which is available at their offices in both uh, Placer and El Dorado County, as well as uh, at various uh, places where you can find Placer or El Dorado Master Gardeners uh, answering questions, such as the Mountain Mandarin Festival, November 17th through the 19th, or at the Auburn Farmers Market on the first and third Saturdays, or the Farmer's Market at the Fountains in Roseville every Tuesday through October. And Sacramento County 2018 Gardening Guide and Calendar from uh, the local Master Gardeners is available for $10. And you can find out more information about that by visiting their online site. Easiest way to get there, just Google the phrase Sacramento County Master Gardeners and you'll get more information about the 2018 Gardening Guide and Calendar. That will be available. All right. Did we cover everybody? I think we did. All right. So we'll take a short break. When we come back, we are going to be talking. I paid a little visit last Wednesday to the Fair Oaks Horticulture Center uh, during their Wednesday open house and had an interesting discussion with one of the master gardeners there about growing herbs. So we'll find out more about that when we come back to get growing on Talk 650 KSTE. Get Growing continues with Farmer Fred. Talk 650 KSTE. Here again, Fred Hoffman. We're at the Fair Oaks Horticulture Center. It is mid-October, and we are at the beautiful Herb Garden Display, talking with Master Gardener Maria Schiffler. And Maria, this is just a gorgeous herb garden that your team has established here, and there is even some color for this time of the year, like this Mexican oregano. Tell us about this. Oh, yes, Mexican oregano. It's not the true oregano as we're used to normally for like um, spaghetti cooking and things like that. It's, um, it is edible flower, but it's more ornamental. And it has these tubular purple flowers all on top. And even the leaves don't look like oregano at all. And does it have an oregano odor? A little bit, yeah, mm-hmm. a little a bit, little yeah, bit. yeah, a little bit. Yes. And it's, uh, for those of you that like Latin, it's Poliomintha longiflora. Thank you for saying that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, it, it kind of looks like from a distance, I thought it was a salvia. Yes, yes. And it's about, uh, oh, 18 inches tall with about an equal spread, maybe a two-foot spread. But it's, as you said, it's not a true oregano, but it's putting on quite the show now. Yes, it is. And it's been blooming, I believe, since um, Harvest Day. So it's a pretty long bloomer. All right. Harvest Day was the first Saturday in August. So August, September, October, a two-month bloom period. I imagine it attracts all sorts of uh, good bug activity, too. Oh, yes. It attracts all the beneficials. The bees love it. You know, we even have a few hummingbirds because they like the tubular-shaped flowers. It's now, a really nice to have in the garden. Even though... It is not a true oregano. Is it edible? It is edible. The flowers are edible. And on Harvest Day, we did a demo on um, edible flowers, and this was one of them. All right. How do you use edible flowers other than munching on them straight? Well, there's so many things. You can make cookies out of them. You can make ice cream. You can put them into a nice fruit salad and have all the different flowers, colors, and textures in there. You can have a nice glass of lemonade and put some flowers in there or put them into ice cubes. Now, next to it is a a true oregano called White Anniversary. And this is a really nice variegated 
oregano. It's uh, mostly like a cream-colored leaf with a green center. Very low growing, maybe six inches tall with a spread of about a foot and a half or so. And this is a true culinary herb. Yes, it is. This one is, is more new to me. We purchased this about a few years ago from Morning Sun Herb Farm. Um, we like the variety, the, the variegation in the leaves and um, it's called the white anniversary one and it tastes really it tastes really nice uh, more mild than to me than the other oregano's it does have a true oregano uh, mm -hmm. aroma to it yes now there's a plant behind it that is very interesting i mean it almost looks like a turkey mullen and it's called green mountain tea it's got a very sort of a dusty miller look to it oh it does it does this one is beautiful um it has like long flower spikes um many cultures use it for tea and it's soft and fuzzy almost like the lamb's ears but the leaves are much shorter and compact and it grows in a more compact um stage of all the herbs you have here what are some of your favorites oh gosh all of them, but let me name a few. Salad burnet. This one tastes like a really light cucumbery taste. So if you don't grow cucumber or if you want just a little cucumber flavor and you don't have cucumber growing, this one is great all year long, even in the cold. It's um, full sun to part shade, takes very low water. And it, it's just really pretty. You can use it um, in your salads. So that's is the reason you have it in a container is because it has a nice cascading effect to it? Oh, yes, yes. We like to use these terracotta pots um, for that little cascading effect and just give height to the garden. And we recycled these so we didn't have to purchase them. Um, it just has a really nice, like a fir almost a fern-looking effect in that pot. And in the kitchen, where would you use a salad burnet? Oh, definitely in a salad, scrambled eggs, tacos, burritos, but I tend to put herbs in almost anything I eat. Okay. <laughs> Sanguisorba monor is the botanical name for salad burnet, uh, a nice culinary herb, and in the pot it's getting about 18 inches tall with about a 24 to 28 inch spread, and as I said, it, it's sort of cascading over the sides of the pot, so it, it, maybe if you have a rock wall or you're looking for that sort of cascading effect this could be the plant when does this bloom well it blooms let me see um, in the spring and then after that you want to cut it back all the way back with those blooms otherwise it just gets kind of uh, wrangly so that's the bloom time all right Vivian you want to get in on this no, I just, no. Lemon verbena. I Talk just, about, lemon, about verbena. lemon verbena. I want you to be sure and taste the lemon verbena right. shortbread with lemon oh, well, verbena. Wait, 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 let me introduce you here. Vivian Sellers is a master gardener, works in the herb section here. Now, what's this about the lemon verbena? That's my very favorite herb. And I use it in water fresh. You can use it fresh or dried for teas. Um, I dry and powder it in a coffee grinder, herb grinder. Um, I make uh, lemon verbena shortbread, I make lemon verbena jelly, I make lemon verbena tea bread. The jelly's great in, on toast, but it's also good to put over like baked chicken, so. This has such a lemony aroma, oh, it's wonderful. It is, and then combined with lavender, it's the best sachet that you can find. Ah, how tall does the plant get? What sort of care does it need? Um, you need to keep cutting it back a lot. 
um, but that's okay because I use it all the time. Otherwise, it can get five to six foot tall. We've trimmed ours here at the Hort Center and at my house as a small tree, but it actually is a bush. So you can, but you can trim it up like a small tree. So you could keep it, say, three by three or four by four? Sure. Sure, easily. And the one thing that you have to remember is it goes completely dormant in the wintertime, and a lot of people think they've killed it and pull it out, but it will come back in the spring. Does it have a bloom period? Um, it has a bloom period. It blooms all summer, but you want to keep the blooms off because once it blooms, you start losing the oil out of your leaves. Oh, that's good to know. Well, it's a fabulous herb garden here at the Fair Oaks Horticulture Center. When you come by here, check it out during their workshops or on Harvest Day, the first Saturday in August. Virginia Sellers, Maria Schiffler, thanks so much for uh, telling us more about the herbs here. Thank you. Thank you, Farmer Fred. Coming up, uh, the KSTE Farm Hour, noon to one o'clock on today's program, we talk about the wildfires ravaging Northern California and all the destruction happening in the premium wine-producing regions of Napa, Sonoma, and Mendocino County. And we have an interview with uh, one of the winery owners that uh, lost his establishment in the blazes. Uh, the figures you will hear on the KSDE Farm Hour have been updated since uh, the show was recorded. Uh, so, and unfortunately, it is going the wrong way as far as those numbers go, as far as the total number of deaths and acreage uh, in flames. The good news is the uh, fire people are getting a good handle, a better handle, we should say, on controlling the fire. It was so sad to see this week the uh, fact that when if you follow this uh, the fires uh, through the Cal Fire website, they always list the number of acres that are burning as well as the uh, percentage of containment. And for like three days in the biggest fires, there was zero containment. That's just so sad. Anyway, with the weather having uh, settled a bit, uh, the firefighters have a better handle on the fires. For instance, the Tubbs Fire in Napa County near Calistoga, 35,000 acres burned, but 60% containment. Uh, the uh, Pocket Fire near Geyserville, 11,000 acres, that's 25% contained. And there is a, a complex of fires that they combined into one that is now called the uh, Nuns, Adobe, Norbum, Presley, Patrick Fires of 47,000 acres. That is 25% contained. Uh, one of the fires you heard about originally uh, back uh, on Monday morning, uh, the Atlas Fire in Sonoma County near Lake uh, Berryessa has consumed 51,000 acres. That, though, 56% containment, so that's uh, the good news, and 35% containment of the Redwood Valley Fire in Mendocino County. That's burned 35,000 acres, so that's all uh, good news. And for our friends in uh, Butte and Yuba counties, uh, those fires, too, better control. 80% on the Laporte Fire near Bangor uh, in Yuba County. The Cascade Fire is 87% contained. In Nevada County, the Lobo Fire is uh, 96% contained. And the Cherokee Fire in Butte County, 90% contained. Very good news. All right, time for me to get on out of here, making room for the KSTE Farm Hour. And uh, besides news about uh, the fire and its effect on the ag businesses over there, especially the uh, wine-producing uh, areas of uh, Napa, Sonoma, and Mendocino. We talk about what the Metropolitan Water District is doing. They have voted yes to finance their portion of the Delta Tunnels project. Uh-oh, what does that mean? We'll find out. 
poultry biosecurity, and the benefits of overhead pivot irrigation. I love the farm show. Noon to 1 o'clock. It's up next right here on KSTE. We'll do get growing again next week if they let me. I don't know why not. Uh, no, I don't want to give them any ideas. 10 a.m. to noon next Sunday right here on Talk 650 KSTE and KSTE.com. Bye-bye.